it's Bulk and Skull, and we're watching Cinema Beat Podcast. Yeah. But it kind of sucks because it's a podcast, so we're yeah. not, there's not really much to see. You're not watching much. It's a podcast. I mean, what, do you, I mean what, what is a podcast? Well, when is a podcast not a podcast? When the pod has been cast upon a cast... Of pods. Of pods. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is a raven? Never mind. There's something about a writing desk. That's all I know. That's Alice right. Wonderland, yeah. uh, and the answer How is... How is a raven like a writing desk? Uh, and the answer is uh, Edgar Rice Bros. Touche. You're right. Cinema Beef Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Hill, and uh, my guest today is a member of the Horrorcopia Podcast. Uh, the only one with the Y chromosome on the whole show, but Jesse might have half a vagina. I'm not sure, but uh, this is Onyx Hades, people. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, great, great, great to have you on. How are you today? I'm good. I'm, it's been a busy week, and I'm glad it's Friday, so <laughs> I'm ready to just chill out, relax, and watch some movies. That's good. Uh, uh, in case folks don't know you, uh, tell the folks uh, what you're all about, what you do. Um, well, I'm a big fan of horror. It's I watch some other genres, but mostly horror. Um, I've been watching it when since I was about six years old. Uh, I can't really remember. I remember a few of the you know some of the first movies I watched. I know. One of my first horror movies I ever saw was the original Friday the 13th, and I was hooked ever since. Um, I just, you know, I do the Horacopia podcast, I do Bump in the Night, and I like to draw, you know, I draw a little bit, and I've started drawing some, um, well, I'm right now I'm working on a drawing of Pinhead, I'm trying to, trying to do it, but it's proving a little bit more difficult than I thought, (laughs) but that's pretty much all I do. So. Yeah, I've seen your uh, your portrait of uh, you and the your castmates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite the interesting drawing. And then I looked at it. And I was like, "Well, God, my boobs cover half the bottom of the picture." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's funny. At least, you, at least you you gave yourself uh, you're well endowed. I mean, my 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 <laughs> friend um, Raphael did a little mock up for me and the bird and. The bird was uh, complimenting herself on her own cartoon cleavage. I was like, "He, if you have, you watch your cleavage, okay? It's it's, it's a it's larger than charge, girl, you know." Well, I had to buy mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, boy. Um, Alex, have you watched anything decent lately? And have you watched anything really bad lately? Oh, God. Um, I've watched a lot of stuff. It, it's I've watched so many movies the past few days. They're all kind of blurred together. I I rewatched um, Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. And I watched the, you know, the first Cabin Fever. I love those movies. And I watched um, a comedy of terrors uh, the other night with Jesse. I had a, yeah, that was the first time I've ever saw that. And I can't believe I passed that one up being a big fan of Vincent Price. But I had a lot of fun with that. And uh, I watched Mum and Dad. What's that one about? It's a British horror movie about a family that likes to kidnap kids. And they're, it's kind of like a, almost a British, British Texas chainsaw kind of vibe, but it's uh it's pretty dark, it's pretty twisted, and it's just downright sick at parts. It, and the sicker it is, is that better, a new movie so. or is it like an older movie? I think it's it may be 2010 or a little bit well, later. I think about a way different movie than from my part. Then <laughs> it's on Netflix streaming okay. right now. It's I mean if you like sick and twisted, it's a good movie. Gotcha. And then I watched the homophobe, um, gay version of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Nightmare, Nightmare Two, I take it. Yes, Nightmare Two. I've uh, I've come to a, come to a deep, not not a deep appreciation of Nightmare Two, but I'm able to tolerate it now, and I, it makes me enjoy well, it all that much more. I I love the Never Sleep Again documentary, and it every time I watch it, it cracks me up when they talk about they didn't realize how gay the movie was. Oh, that's the, my, my favorite thing is about how Clue Gulliger was talking about how he never got a blowjob on set. That was my favorite part of that whole whole section. Because <laughs> Clue is a giant friggin' perv, and if you guys don't know this, you go meet Clue Gulliger before he, before he passes away. He's like 82 or something, but... Oh god, yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching. I mean, you've got an exploding bird in it, and it, I mean, it's a lot of people hate on that movie, but I just think it's fun. It's that damn thermostat and, again. <laughs> oh, and I just checked. Mum and Dad came out in two thousand eight, okay. so it's definitely worth watching if you like sick and twisted. <laughs> and the last thing I'm going to mention is we watched for the show on Horacopia. We watched Salo. How was that experience for you? Well, I, it's what I told them. You know, I can watch anything you throw at me. Um, Serbian film, slaughtered vomit dolls, anything you want to throw at me, I can watch. But apparently, I can't handle the Marquis de Sade. I just can't do it. <laughs> this movie was so nasty and so vile, and it's not—it's it, not overly graphic with torture or things like that. But just the plot of the movie and some of the actors in it looked like they were about fourteen. Uh, there was a few probably younger than that, so it just kind of kind of messed with me a little bit made it, so made it a little like, bit weirder huh it made it kind of weird because i after i watched it you know i was like waiting for either the fbi to show up or just a shower but i told you know my fellow co-host you know i had to take it i had to watch a serbian film to feel clean after watching cellos <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in the shower crying just you know Crying game playing. Like, like, like I felt after I watched the fog remake, I was just sitting in, not, not literally sitting in the shower crying, but I felt like having a good cry in the shower for a while. Well, the remake of the fog makes you feel like you've been oh, raped. Oh, it, so. it, it touched my no-no parts in a real bad way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much it for me. If you want to hear about that, listen to the podcast under the stairs, people. I, I, he always gives me shout-outs, Duncan, and I, I appreciate you, Duncan, giving me shout-outs on your show. And I never give out shout-outs on my show, not by choice, but I, just because I'm stupid and I forget. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Duncan, for, for everything. You know, <laughs> you probably increased my ratings quite a bit. 
because they, they, the mm-hmm. women love your 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 Scottish accent and uh, your your multitude of tattoos. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's about that for that. And uh, we'd uh, doing two way different films tonight, actually, and uh, they couldn't be more different. Actually, Onyx um chose the Asian torture horror dating game movie or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Audition, the Takashi Miike film. Yes. And then I picked from her list uh, the Milos Foreman directed Amadeus <laughs> from uh, the, the year year I was born, actually, 1980, I believe. And uh, we'll uh, get to Onyx's film, but there is an English trailer. If not, we'll just go right into the review right after this. Audition from 1999. Uh, a widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special audition arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. The one he fancies is not who she appears to be after all. This stars a bunch of people whose names I cannot pronounce, so I'm not going to get into that. But Onyx, uh, <laughs> if you have it open, you're welcome to try. It's just, uh... Your guess is as good as mine. Well, I'm not going to go with that. I'm a fr- Yeah, I don't want to mispronounce their names and be disrespectful. I would, I would because... bastardize their names terribly. I'm going to bastardize the, the, the names of their characters, too. But, you know, we're going to go with this anyway. Uh, Onyx, what made you pick this film and why do you like it so much? Uh, I just think that this film is so beautiful. Bear with me. I just, I think it's a gorgeous oh, film. I'm listening. Trust me. I'm a big fan of the director. I love his movies. And this one is, for me, it's a lot different from his other movies. It's a slow burn. I mean, it really is a slow burn. But this, for me, is about as close to a rom- romance movie that I will get. I'm not a girly girl who likes romance and love and chick flicks and all that. If I'm going to watch a movie, a love story, this is the kind of movie that's for me. And I, I'll have so much, it's got so much weird imagery in it. It's nightmarish and it's beautiful. And it's just, it's so many things, you know, just mashed together. I just, I love it so much, this movie. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel the, I don't feel the same love that most people feel for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> even even you know people talk about how how graphic the end is and it it, it kind of is you know with the, the if you if you like extreme acupuncture and her gleefully trying to saw somebody's foot off with it with this piano wire you know yeah and, uh, that's that was the thing in this movie which is the end that everybody talks about how how, how graphic it is oh we can't move we can't move it's like they've done it better in other films i'm sorry you know but but Mike, he's known for his extreme everything. And this, I love films like Each of the Killer. You mentioned Visitor Q, where we're off the air and stuff like that. And it's just crazy pants violence and crazy pants everything else, too. And uh, this film, for me, just seemed like, like I mentioned in my description of the film, it's like the dating game for a widower. And then, you know, for some reason, he gets all these nubile young girls to come and see him. It's, it's almost like picking out a prostitute. I want that one and that one, you know. Well, this, the scene where he's, there in, you know, auditioning the women is hilarious because you've got one that's a baton twirler and you've got one that looks like she's a cheerleader or something. It's so funny. But this is, I mean, Mike, is that how you yeah, say his name? Mike, I remember yep. him saying. He was the one who, because I was in the, I call it the bubblegum phase of horror where, you know, it's Freddie or Jason or Michael Myers and, and I wanted to see something more extreme, and I was kind of leery to do so because it got to where my taste for gore became more and more elevated. Mm-hmm. So he is the one. He was my, I guess you could say, my gateway drug into extreme horror. Mm-hmm. 
And now going back and watching it again, it's not nearly as graphic or violent as I remember. I think in my mind, I had it pictured way worse than it was because in all fairness, the torture scene, as great as it is, it's extremely short. Oh, it is. It's very short. I mean, if you if you blink, you'll miss it. But you know, but yeah, he was my definitely my gateway drug into extreme horror, and anything that he w- makes, I'll watch. I even loved his Masters of Horror segment he did. That's great. Print, yeah, I own that. It's beyond great. And why? I mean, it was on what was the, what channel that came on? Showtime. Showtime but they, they, didn't air, they didn't air that one. Now, to think that something couldn't be aired on Showtime. I mean, it's it's so good. And this movie, like I said, it's it's got a different feel from his other movies. And it's heavily divided. You've got people that love it and people that hate it. But I just, I have so much fun with this movie. I'm still trying to get my husband to watch it and he refuses. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you said, the, the imagery in the movie, because this girl is basically, you find out, you don't know right away. She seems like this really... This really bubbly, not young girl, but like younger girl who, who apparently is talented in the piano and all this other stuff. And she's, she's looking for somebody to be with and she, she fits the bill for this guy. She's, she's, she's the one that he wants. Cause the, she said he didn't want just a pretty girl who didn't know anything. He wanted somebody who had some kind of talent cause then she'd feel some confidence in herself. And I, I think that's perfect quality look for somebody to look at a person. So this guy, his, his motives were true. I mean, because the film starts out with him losing his wife, yes. and you know, tragically, you know, you, know, you never really say what happened to her, but you know, the, the kid comes in, he's got like this cake or diorama or something he made for the mother, and I believe it was dinosaur. I don't know what the heck is going on with that thing, <laughs> but um, he dies essentially in front of the father and the son. She, she does, I mean, and so that thing, I can see how that would be a very tragic thing for for a, a widower to 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 die in front of his mate, and and that's uh, that's. I mean, it just, 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 just that, just that experience that make you not want to be with somebody for a while. And all of a sudden the son's like, you're getting old, dad. It's time to get back on that horse again. You know, what if he wants to go bang some young horse somewhere? He just, he just, just, just if he wants to relieve a little tension, you know, leave, leave <laughs> the crazy women alone that would come on the bachelor. And, you know, which essentially that's what this was. This is like, like the bachelor audition process. Well, it's true. And he had his um, his colleague and his friend who kept warning him about this woman that there wasn't something quite right with her. And one of the things I really love about this movie is that they have her wear white through the entire movie. I mean, white is the color of purity and it's the color of innocence. And this girl is anything but those things. And every so often you see her pop up in a flaming blood red coat. And I just, I love the colors that they had her wear in this movie because, you know, she looks so sweet and she looks so innocent, but... Damn, there's something really wrong with this girl. <laughs> which which is it her fault? You you find out later that she had a, a sick uncle and a sick a sick ste- a stepfather that hated her, and you know more more abuse, just abuse upon abuse upon abuse, including flaming uh, wood sticks to her inner thighs and stuff like that, and probably other places too, which is a pretty brutal brutal scene, you know. Even when mm-hmm. she's older, you know, not just as the, as the little girl, which is just sick enough as it is, you know. It, it makes you not want to watch any any ballet anything ever again. So you know, if, <laughs> if your if your kids in ballet, like, no, I'm not going to this recital. Just uh, I'll see you later, okay? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit out <laughs> on this one. I might picture some cripple in some wooden shoes going to burn her on the inner thigh. They go beat the crap out of somebody and go Hulk out on somebody like that. No, 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 no. Oh, and you know he was getting off on oh, that he was too. Definitely so. getting off. Definitely getting <laughs> off on that. 
which goes that's that's Mike though. If you watch Ichi the Killer, it's it's all big old sex fetish everything in that movie. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the sex is violence. It's 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 torture. It's it, that's that's Mike's game. You know. Except for the the Katakuris, there's something really fucked up going on in the Katakuris. I can't explain. There's just man, that's a that's a wild movie. Never seen that before. That's one I have not got to see yet. I, I can uh, tell you what the fuck's going on in that movie. Is it the happiness of the Katakuris? Yeah, that's is the that one. Yeah, called? yeah, that's the one I haven't been able to see yet. And um, I've seen his three extremes that mm-hmm. he did and and those, but no, I haven't been able to find a copy of uh, that yet. I watched Dumplings once. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> Fetus dumplings, get out of my fucking face! I'll never watch that again. That, that, that. The movie made me hungry, and I felt really bad for that. What? It made me. Well, that's the way I am. If zombie movies make me hungry, so they just look like they're having such a good time, you know. Come it's... here. I just, I just want to bite, honey. You just sit on a couch next to your spouse, you know. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. You got these high quality fetuses here, ready, ready for, ready for making your dumplings with, and you know. <laughs> I'll probably insert an audio clip in there somewhere just to, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that, though. Maybe, maybe I will, but we'll see. Oh, the little crunching is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to audition. But uh, that, that's no. that's some good trailing, though, by the way. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> yeah, audition is a movie that, that was uh, when I was uh, deep in J-horror, which is it didn't take long for the comedian to Asian horror because you hang on enough, you hang on up in flea markets long enough, you're going to find some stuff and I found, like, Tale of Two Sisters and all kinds of crazy stuff like that, you know, before they came to the States. And so I see most of the stuff where it actually came to the States. And this is no exception. And I was just terribly unimpressed with this movie, especially when the more and more folks are talking about it. And, like, okay, boring. Wait for something to happen. Wait for something to happen. Wait for something to happen. And then, boom, last 45 minutes, fuck with your brain. You know, and then that's about it. Yeah. After, after the point where you can't find her... And, you know, that must be some good trim. If you, if you can't find her, he keeps on looking for her, you know. It's just, it's... And the more he finds out about her, the more he should really stop looking, you just know. leave it alone. <laughs> a lot of stones being overturned here. And just say, okay, just leave it alone. Oh. Abuse. This, this girl's got issues, clearly. Issues issues exactly. you're not prepared to handle, you know, so. No, and when a girl tells you, you know, you love only me and says it in this kind of tone, just walk away. <laughs> Run, do whatever you have to do. Yeah. And um yeah this one um it's 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 crazy like so the last forty five minutes make the whole film because the 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 first hour and fifteen minutes this is a two hour movie kind of drag in my opinion I mean it's well you know if if somebody is you know a fan of Miike um and you haven't seen this movie don't expect it to be like his others you know just don't expect it to be that way because you get some gore in this but you know like we've said it's way towards the end of the movie. And it's brief. I mean, it is brief, but it's it's worth it. But if you really want to see that, just and you know, just fast forward to that it's, part. It's not know? really worth it though, because there's this whole thing where it's it's all it's all off camera, except for her. You know, the whole mounting. You know, him while she's doing freaky acupuncture. Well, the foot. I mean, they show the foot. Yeah, they show a little bit. They don't show like it being lobbed off, but you know, it's basically like it's almost <laughs> it's almost like it's almost yeah, like but- she's gleefully watching. You know, you know, like like the. Jeez, like the Jesus and the Big Lebowski cleaning his ball gleefully. That's what it almost looks like to me. Except she's using piano wire. Is she trying to? She's trying to. See, see. now I'm gonna I'm gonna confess I've never seen oh, really? that movie. So <laughs> never seen it. Hey, but uh, there is one part of this movie. 
Well, there's one part of this movie that still to this day gags the hell out of me, and it's the vomit in the bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And from what I found out, it's real vomit. It's her actual vomit. <laughs> and she feeds it to, we'll say, her little pet. Mika, you're a <laughs> sick fuck. Yeah, that, that story that story did it for me, too, when he's going to, of course, investigate where she is. And then he's talking about the, the missing parts and... You know, this it had an extra tongue and extra fingers, and then all of a sudden you see this this thing that was earlier in the, in the movie is lobbed off a bed inside of a sack, and you have no idea what this thing is or what anything what this thing is until it reveals itself to be having two fingers and no tongue and not able to talk. It's just saying food, food, or eat, eat, or something like that, and he's so content in eating vomit out of a dog bowl. Yeah, with no it's tongue. He's, very he can't disgusting. lap it up. He's got to suck it up, you know. So that's that's what makes it worse because you can hear it. It's like slurp, slurp, slurp. Ooh, tasty vomit. Oh, I guess there's a fetish for everything, people. You know, <laughs> sucking up vomit after your tongue's been severed out of your mouth. You know, and yeah, there's there's gross for the sake of gross. And now that I found that out, I was like, wow, you're 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 a sick fuck, Mike. Seriously, if I think you were sick before, you're fucking sicker now. <laughs> Oh man, that, that's that's nasty. <laughs> oh god. Oh. But yeah, the, the she she kills she kills the dog. Which what was the, the the dog is like the world's most useless character in the film because he's not really like a guard dog. He's just kind of like this little house dog fl- flopping around. I guess he just put him in the movie to I kill guess. it. <laughs> it seems like it's, it's like we we had a dog um once that somebody was stealing our car and she was like right next to the window where our car was. She'll bark at anything. She didn't bark at that. Here, there, there's the car. Just take it, you know. This <laughs> this seems like one of those dogs that wouldn't bark to save his life. Like, no, I'm just, I'm just too tired, you know. Just go, go on about your business, you know. I don't think it even made a sound when she no, killed it. That, that it I didn't remember. Didn't make a sound when you kill it. That's how lazy this dog is in this movie. And you know, could have just left it alone. But call me sentimental for dogs. But and I am. I have three dogs and. Anytime a dog death happens in a movie, you know, f- fuck the cats. You, you kill a cat. Not I'm playing. I don't say kill a cat either, but, you know, I've seen some some pretty hilarious cat deaths like an eight-legged freaks, you know. That's a funny cat death. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Audition is, is, is the weakest of the Mickey films that I've seen, actually. You know, I'll agree with you on that. I mean, I do love the movie, but it is his weakest film. I mean, I do agree. And it gets so many accolades about how great it is and blah, 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 blah. And I, I get that, you know, the imagery is there, but it's, it's still, it's still not for, Hey, you want to watch a great horror film? Let's watch audition. You ever seen audition before? Holy shit. I mean, this it's, it's not for everybody. And it, people play it out. Like it's like the best film of the, of, of, you know, the late nineties or something, or, you know, and like, no, 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 it's not. It's just, it's not very good. And you guys are wrong. There's, there's better stuff. There's better Asian horror out there. Yeah. Well, if, if somebody has, a, if they're not familiar with him and they want to watch one of his movies, you know, there's definitely others you can start with. I mean, even, even imprint the uh, masters of horror, mm-hmm. horror when, you know, start with that, do something. I mean, there's Gozu that he did. There's so many things he did, but if you, if you have the patience to watch this movie, definitely watch it. But if you want to watch something really out there, go immediately go get Visitor yes, Q. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> watch that. Um, yeah, anything else you want to say about Audition besides uh, your recommendations there? Uh, 
you know, I don't really think I have much more to add. I mean, I just, I really enjoy the movie. I like it. But like I said, once you watch it once, it's, you don't need to watch it's it again. It's got that sixth sense quality to it, so you know. It does. <laughs> it's, you know what's going to happen. It's done. You don't have to watch well, it again. Has, that has a vomit so. scene in it too, see? Oh. See, yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> I, I have the, the ugh, I can't, ugh. <laughs> Child vomit scene. But, um, yeah, scores. What do you give for a score one through ten, doll? I would give this one a seven. Okay. I would have to give it a seven because, I mean, I do like the movie, but like you said, it's not his best movie. But um, I think a seven for me would be fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm be real subjective here. Just to throw out throw out the window that I think it's overrated and people, people uh, praise it too much. And I'm going to give it a solid, you know, a solid five on its on its imagery alone. The stories stories kind of devoid, and I can see the loneliness. And they do a lot of that that brooding, lonely Asian man stuff, and they're they're all Asian, you know. And in these movies, obviously, you know, brooding, lonely Asian man looking for a woman. You know, they do that a lot in these movies. <laughs> they do. They really do. <laughs> or in Wild Zero's case, looking for a dude, he dresses a woman. You know, it's just uh, that's a movie you should watch, Alex. We'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a five, because I just don't like it that much compared to the Mike's work, and I think it's really overrated in, in most senses of this movie, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's about it for this one, and we'll uh, take a break here, and we'll come back where we will cover Amadeus. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities. Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com Good God! A butthole casserole! Are we going to appall you with something confidential and disgusting? Let's hope so, because that is what you really like. Unconfessed crimes of buried wickedness. If that is what brings you to us, the prospect of hearing horrors, you shall not go unrewarded. I don't believe it. The whole city is talking. You hear it all over. What a story. What a scandal. What a comedy. What a tragedy. Incredible. I don't believe it. Who can believe it? What horrors have you heard? Tell us. Tell us. Tell us at once. Tell us about Wolfgang. Amadeus. Mozart. Mozart. Mozart? (laughs) How good is he? Yes, Mozart. He's remarkable. He's an unprincipled, spoiled, conceited brat. I'm a vulgar man. But I assure you, my music is not. He is divinely inspired. He is arrogant, vulgar, obscene. He creates music for the gods. He is passionate. He burns with fire. He is an angel. He is a devil. He claimed he'd been poisoned. Some said he accused a man. Some said the man was Salieri. Salieri? Salieri. I don't believe it. All the same. Could it be possible? Did Salieri do it after all? Did he murder Amadeus? Amadeus. 
Amadeus, the man, the music, the magic, the madness, the murder, the mystery, the motion picture. Amadeus. Everything you've heard is true. Uh, Amadeus from 1984. Not from the year I was born. I thought it was, but I'm from from 1980, so it's uh, four years later. <laughs> It's just a uh, plot synopsis is this simple. Uh, the incredible story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Hmm, incredible. It's kind of, yeah. Told by his peer and secret rival, Antonio Salieri, now confined to an insane asylum. Uh, t- now, Onyx, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, what don't you like about this movie? Well, for one, it's um, the version I saw was two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> well, the, the, the version I saw was three hours and, t- and three minutes and then. I, I passed that one up. I couldn't do it. That, 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 that was the one that was on um, Amazon Prime, so that's the one that I watched. Well, this is actually one of my husband's favorite movies, so when I told him we were doing this movie, he immediately bought a digital copy of it because he's always wanted to buy it and he couldn't find a DVD. And he watches this movie all the time, and it's on... Nine out of ten, nine out of ten months, twelve months of the year, this movie is on in my house. <laughs> So, I, I think I just I'm around it so much it gets on my nerves. Yeah, I, I can see that because there's a lot of a lot of weird imagery happening in this movie, but a lot of beautiful stuff happening too. But not not something I can watch all the time, and I can see why it would uh, grate on your nerves. But I mean, I have to be honest. This is the first time that I've actually sat down to watch it all the way through. Okay. And I was going to come on here and bash this movie to pieces. And I was even going to say, you know, do a review of the Falco video (laughs) and pretend that's what I watched. But I sat down to watch this and I put this down as one of the movies that I hated, which you told me to, you know, pick ones I liked, which ones I didn't. And I have to say that I don't hate this movie now. Well, so it kind of backfired on me. (laughs) I've had I've had this happen more often than not. Trust me. That's that's not necessarily a bad thing. But um, but since that that's what that's what's happening now is uh, well, what what were your preconceived notions I guess from when you saw it when you were casually watching it when you actually watched it what what did you like about it when you were casually watching it? The biggest thing, and this sounds so petty now, but it was the laugh of Mozart. Oh, it was very annoying. Yes, I just I told Robert, I, you know, I said if I lived in that era and I knew this man, I would so punch him in the face because I can't take this laugh. And then I you know I read about him and I find out from accounts and details about him, this is how the guy laughed. And I, it's just so, it's it's like fingernails on a chalkboard kind of laugh. <laughs> well, he was, he was a notorious drunk, and I don't think he, he worked that often where he wasn't intoxicated on something. And and I, th- I think he, he's played brilliantly by by, uh, by Pinto, <laughs> Tom Hulse, who, who plays Pinto in Animal House, you know, which is just a total a total send-off for, from that, you know, the, the, from going from the meek nerd to... One of the greatest maestros of all time, you know. It's just, uh, I think he, he plays it brilliantly, and uh, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's like actually the first time I watched it all the way through. Much like yourself, I've I've heard about it, and uh, it's it's I've, I've heard about like you know because Dick Smith, we lost Dick Smith recently, and I've I've seen pictures of Salieri's makeup, which is masterfully done by Dick Smith. You you wouldn't know it was you wouldn't really know it's the same guy and. He did that with he did that with Max von Bonsido for The Exorcist. He did that for uh, Marlon Brando for The Godfather. This is no exception for for great makeups he's done. And I gotta say, I loved Salieri. 
Oh yeah, he's. I love him. He's what made the movie for me. I mean, he was just awesome. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was really good. And uh, F. Murray Abraham was. Um, he was. He was the right guy for the part. And I, I was literally yeah. just watching the Last Action Hero, and they they make a joke in there. <laughs> When um the, the the young boy sees sees F. Murray Abraham's character in the movie for the first time, he's like, that that guy killed Mozart. He's like, who's who's <laughs> Mozart? And I love that joke in that movie, who's Mozart? Oh, and then God. when he, he turns out to be dirty, they play that joke in the movie where it's like Mozart. He goes, I've killed a lot of people. I can't remember all their names, you know. And it's just it's, it's just so <laughs> hilarious that they made that reference in, in Last Action Hero, which is a movie I love. It's a dumb, stupid movie, but, you know, they made that reference in that movie, and I, I love them for it. And <laughs> and, I, and I understand it more now by watching the whole movie. Like, that's a, that is a hilarious joke written. And But, um yeah, this one, I believe, won some awards and stuff, and for, for the, I think the costuming is amazing. Oh, the costuming is gorgeous. I mean, the scenery, the the sets, everything. This movie is a beautiful movie. I mean, it truly is. And God, I love Mozart's music. I love all the music in this movie. I I I have a a greater appreciation for it now that I've sat down and watched this movie. And I'm shocked. I mean, I just shocked myself by liking this movie now when I I have despised it for nine years. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be good because this is the guy that gave us cuckoo's death for Christ's sake. So I knew it was going to be it was going to be pretty good, you know. See, I didn't even notice that, and that's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, like you said, the set pieces look great, especially you know during like the performances of all the different operas and stuff. And I, I love my one of my favorite scenes of the whole film is where he gets his inspiration for Don Giovanni, which is his mother-in-law screaming in his face. And he, he just said, like, the notes are coming to him as she, she's bitching his ear off, you know? I was like, wow, inspiration in places I never knew before, you know? <laughs> but whereas my, my first image for this movie ever is, of course, him farting while while playing the piano, you know, which... Oh, my God. Which, you know, eight, nine years old is hilarious to me, you know? And <laughs> any, any fart joke period is funny, and that one's just so out of place that it makes it even funny as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> because he's basically mocking Salieri the whole time while, while he's not knowing he's standing just, there, just, you know, <laughs> dealing his music. And all of a sudden, and this is this, I would want to kill somebody too. You know, <laughs> if, if somebody played my song on the piano mockingly and then blew a big old fart afterwards, you know, oh, it, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm still in shock <laughs> that I liked it. <laughs> I, it. It's, it's an impressive movie. It really is. It's 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 a great movie. Um, I love that Salieri had a enormous sweet tooth. I mean, he that <laughs> eating sweets all through it. I just wanted a candy bar. <laughs> but I, I don't really, I can't really say much about it because I mean, it's just it's one of those movies that you have to watch, you have to see, you have to listen to the music. It. I would love to have the soundtrack off of mm-hmm. this. I mean, it's just I haven't even told my husband I like the movie yet. I may never tell him just out of spite. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but they, I thought everybody played their roles pretty well. I thought that, uh, you know, even the wife who was a, a a raging bitch, but you know, she 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 wanted uh, she 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 wanted um, uh, you know, for him to be successful, and he was just a big old pompous jackass. And he played the he played the pompous jackass pretty well in this movie. You know, I was like, I, I posted a picture. I was like, Mozart, you pompous ass. You know, because he was the pompous ass through most of this movie, at least for the first half. But then you've seen that deterioration of, you know, the person between him, him, his father finally coming back around. And then that pretty much is the downward spiral from there. 
he gets more and more lost in this this shadowy figure who wants him to write a piece for him, which is, of course, Salieri fucking with him, you know, and he gets lost and lost and more and more drugs and drugs and drugs and drugs, you know, which leads to his eventually, you know, being poisoned by Salieri and all that stuff. And there's that scene where he's, you know, his, his biggest piece is happening, is finally happening, and he's, uh, he passes out while he's playing that, whatever that little piano, I, I don't know, I'm terrible at instruments, but that little piano. He's I don't remember if they're called harpsichords or I'm not sure what they're called. And, uh, yeah, that, that scene there alone, you know, just, you could see it, you know, when he's trying to write this piece, write this piece. It almost reminds me of uh, Winslow in Phantom of the Paradise. Is he's losing his mind more and more to the drugs while he's trying to write this piece for, <laughs> for, for, um, for, 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 for the, for the little guy. And it, it, it uh, it, yeah, it, I, I was all there. I, I was all in for Amadeus. It, it was three hours. It didn't drag. And that's hard. No, it, it, well, like I said, I just watched the two hour and 40 minute version because I didn't think I could sit through three hours, but I think I could now. And let's not forget who, uh, we have our lovely Emperor Joseph, who's played by Jeffrey Jones. Oh, Jeffrey Jones, yeah. <laughs> a lot of powder wigs, a lot of powder wigs this movie, people, you know. Yeah. The, the whole idea of, you know, Mozart going wig shopping made me laugh, you know. It's like, they're all so great, I'll take them all. It's like he's a woman going dress shopping, you know. It's... <laughs> the wigs. <laughs> I love the wigs in the movie. <laughs> They're all so good. I'll take them all. You know, come on now. <laughs> I, I love little stupid stuff like that in this movie. He was a diva of his time. He definitely was. But the ending, I, I know I'm skipping ahead, but the ending was just so unbearably sad to me. No, no, maybe you can explain um, this to me. The, the part where they're going to bury him, you know, but they just dump him in a mass grave. Was this like something that happened back in those days? Do you know? Well, I, I looked it up, and my husband is a huge fan of classical music, and he actually told me that when Mozart died, he died penniless. And what money he had, his wife had to pay off the debts, and he was buried in an unmarked grave, unmarked mass grave. And that's what struck me so hard, because this man, this musical genius, talent, just enormous talent, you know, just buried with all these other people and just, just dumped. I mean, you know, they tilt the coffin up and the bottom falls out of it and his body slides out. It just broke my heart knowing that this man was buried in a pauper's grave. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty jacked up that, you know, these all these people that, you know, seem to adore him. And he seemed like at the end of his life, he was at the, the height of his, of his, you know, it seemed like he was going to get his big comeback, basically. Whereas he couldn't even get a job being, get, getting, getting students, you know, he couldn't even get a job that way because people thought he was a big joke. And they had that scene where he was going to teach this, this young, good-looking concubine how to play the piano, supposedly, but he really wanted to play music for his dogs for some reason. You know? <laughs> like that's that's kind of embarrassing. That's that's got to be a low point in your career, there, Mozart. And and yeah, there, there's little stuff like that, you know, where he shows he, he's never really successful, like in this movie at all, because he always seems to be broke throughout this whole movie. Like like you see, he died penniless, and I don't know if that went to to the booze and to the drugs and to the the extravagance, extravagance, because he, he, he definitely lived in extravagance, you know. He was definitely a partier. He was like the rock star of his time, you know. I think most of the, most of his money had to go to drugs and expensive outfits because he dressed very he did fancy. He dress very well. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, but I know there was a scene where the maid had talked about he had, um, was it snuff boxes? She yeah. called them, and he had they were solid gold, and he had seven of them. And then there was one left, so apparently he had been selling those for some money also. Mm-hmm. But 
I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is uh, the very beginning. You mentioned the sweets for Salieri. Yeah, you had a young Vincent Chevelli come to the door, knocking on the door. He's like, if you don't open the door, you can't have this. And of course, of course, uh, Salieri was trying to do himself in, which brought him to his the, the mental institution, which you didn't really find out until the end, which I really enjoyed how mad Salieri was until you've seen him around all these crazy people who were locked in, in cage boxes <laughs> and chained to the wall. And they, they, they took him to this place because he's obviously that fucking crazy. Which, you know, who, who would believe the story? Because, you know, if you could tell by the guy he was talking to, which is some kind of clergyman or something, that he was just, like, taking up his hat and untying his tie. He's like, I guess I'm here for the long haul, you know. What else is this guy going to tell me? <laughs> Such terrible things that he did. If, uh, weren't they, like, rolling him down the hallway as he, as uh, Salieri absolved people of their mediocrity? Yeah, I love I love that. I loved it. <laughs> All the way th- it makes me want to do that. All the way to the end credits is, is, is amazing. You know, just them rolling them down the hallway, you know, yeah, doing that. And I, I love it. it, it it's, it's good, you know. F. Marie Abraham, you are, you are the shit. I'd like to meet you one day now. <laughs> well, I got to say, if it wasn't for this podcast and your show, I would never would have had the patience to sit down and watch this movie. And for that, I thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you because, enjoyed yourself. You know, I know I did, you know. I really did. I, I actually liked it a lot, and I guess since my anniversary is tomorrow, I'll be nice and tell him that I liked it. So. <laughs> Best anniversary gift ever. <laughs> he's tried so he's tried for nine years to get me to sit and watch this. Hey, that'd be a whole other fight. You got another man to let you watch Amadeus? That's this horseshit, man. <laughs> I see what it's like. Then he goes oh to eat God. dinner all by himself, you know. And um, anything else you want to say about Amadeus? <sighs> I just, I can't get over how beautiful this movie was. I just, it's so impressive. It, this movie was definitely a labor of love. And I, God, I'm just so surprised. And it did, it won, uh, it won 37 awards. It won eight Oscars. I mean, this movie is awesome. Yeah. I can I, I, I say, and I'm, this is going to be a brutally honest right here. My first exposure to Mozart ever was um, <laughs> Superman 4. Because um, <laughs> whatever, uh. When Lex Luthor was flown black, back into prison, he you know, he go, hey, look, here comes Mozart. And all the prisoners, they go, like playing a ditty for him, you know, because for some because for some reason, uh, Gene Hackman would whistle Mozart while he was working in the yard, you know. So that was my first exposure to Mozart. As embarrassing as it is, was Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, you know. Wow. I just want to say one more thing. My favorite scene of this movie by far is when Salieri composed the march to introduce Mozart to the emperor. I believe it was the emperor, wasn't so, it? Yeah. And in just a few seconds, Mozart sits down and rewrites this march to make it even better. Like, and it was just such a slap in the face to Salieri. It's like, wait, this sounds much better, doesn't it? You know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's like, what an asshole. And he played the <laughs> asshole to the T in this movie. I would want to kill him too, you know? Yeah, I, I can see it coming. I was, I had mo- I told Robert, you know, I said, I can see his side of this, you know? It's like, you know, maybe Salieri was right here. You know, I just, I'm just throwing it out there, people. So if they, they get the end of the movie, well, Salieri had every right to, to kill Mozart, you know, even though he left his wife and son penniless and, you know, I hope somebody took care of them in, in his post-mortem <laughs> state, you know, but he kind of, he kind of did Salieri wrong. So, you know, you go Salieri, you, you poison that motherfucker, you know? Well, yeah, F. Murray Abraham, he stole the show, so. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so yeah. I guess Salieri won, huh? 
And then more ways than one. <laughs> I think he did, but he paid a price for it, apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we do uh, ratings now. What do you what do you rate it? Your your new love for the film. I'm giving this movie a nine. Great, your husband will be very impressed. Yes, he will. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you with the nine, babe, because I really enjoyed it, and it's like the first time I watched it all the way in full. So, and uh, yay, Salieri. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to right back to uh, close out the show. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie, I was just like, let's get, get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the shin list of desserts it's it's a, a pure good i love the idea of up and coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre i really really like that idea and that's really the worst thing you commit as far as filmmaking is concerned is making a film that's just average well that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion whether it's you know to rip it apart or, or praise it then you should spend time with david and me and Bo as we discuss horror films from old classics deep red empire of the ants lisa and the devil the Baby, The Toxic Avenger, The New Favorites, Absentia, Cabin in the Woods, The Loved Ones, Shadow of Death, VHS, The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Looking for something to fill that deep, horrible, dirty void inside? Then look no further than the podcast Under the Stairs. Join your host, Duncan McLeish, and guests as they dissect horror films, old and new. No film is too gory. No film is too scary. No film is too violent for the podcast Under the Stairs. The podcast Under the Stairs can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com or on iTunes. The podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. To avoid fainting, keep repeating to yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Well, Alex, uh, I thought you were a great co-host, and uh, thanks for joining me on this, uh, this magic carpet ride here, girl. Well, thanks for inviting me on. I mean, I've had a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, I always appreciate the folks taking time, you know. And uh, do you have anything uh, thing to push? Or uh, Yeah, now's the time. Tell the folks uh, where they can find your show and all that good stuff, shows. Uh, our show is on the Purely Random Podcast Network. I'm on Horacopia and Bump the Night with my two best friends in the entire world, Jesse and Alan. I love you guys. And I'm on, also on Facebook, um, Onyx Hades. So, you know, if you want to send a friend request, go ahead. Great. Um, you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, come join the Sin B Facebook group. Um, uh, come find me on Twitter at GW. And uh, if you'd like to review us on iTunes, it'd be greatly appreciated. I would leave uh, links to 
all my shows on there because you have a chance of winning uh, some items from me, which include a couple autographs and a card set and a Blu-ray. So um, just uh, give a couple more types on the iTunes there, and uh, you could already be a winner. You know, because I got like we got like six reviews for the bird and the beard out of it from mostly Emily's friends. But if you guys want to show the bird some love, she uh, she deserves all the love she can get because uh, she's my she's my other muse, and that's like I can I can appreciate that she's a she's a lovely twenty two year old woman who's wise beyond her years. So, <laughs> and uh. Yeah, that's about it for this one. Uh, but as always here at Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. See ya. To the one true God above, here is my prayer. Not the first you've heard, but the first I wrote. Not the first, but the others were a long time ago. Kill them. Her, she can go quietly by disease or a blow to the base of her neck where her necklaces close, where her garments come together, where I used to lay my face. That's where you ought to kill her in that particular place. Kill him. I don't care if it hurts. Yes, I do. I wanted to fucking kill him, but first make him cry like a woman. No particular woman. Let him hold out. Hold that someone or other might come and fucking kill him. Fucking kill him. Kill him already, kill him Fucking kill him, fucking kill him Kill him already, kill him Fucking kill him, fucking kill him Kill him already, kill him Just fucking kill him Fucking kill him, fucking kill him already, kill him Kill him, kill him, just fucking kill him. Kill him already, kill him already, kill him. Amen.